The magic number is three for the Miami Marlins. There are four games remaining. Four games, you ask? I thought there were supposed to be just three. No. The Marlins end up suspended in New York, leading 2-1. All the fallout from that, plus a look ahead at this Pirates series. Tons to get into in the final weekend of the regular season. This is Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast. I am your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on X at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Yes, Locked On Marlins is hosted by a British host. Doesn't matter. Been a fan since 2016. Been podcasting about the team, I think since 2019, maybe 2018. Been doing this a long time, guys. And in all those years, the Marlins have not had this type of opportunity heading into the final weekend of a regular 1-6-2 season. Uh, guys, this is your team every day, and thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. There is a YouTube channel also. Head on over there, hit subscribe, follow along, join the comments also. Thank you to the everydayers, particularly the YouTube everydayers that are adding commentary and continuing the discourse uh, once this episode is posted. So I thank you guys, of course. Guys, it is Friday, the 29th of September. The Marlins are headed into, no, well, they already are, in Pittsburgh. They have a three-game series against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And frankly, if they win all three, they are in. Magic number is three. Win, and they are in. But fundamentally, for this weekend, if they match what the Cubs do in Milwaukee, then they are in. However, if they don't match what the Cubs do, They still have half an inning and one-third of an inning remaining in New York. Boy, oh boy, that Mets series was wild in many, many ways. Uh, And it just kind of got wilder at the back end. So we're going to dig into the Mets series, the fallout of that, of which everyone's kind of trying to piece this together. I'm going to try my best to piece it together for you. And look ahead to what I think will actually happen. What's happening with this wildcard picture as well? Where's everything up to? Fundamentally, is this going to come down to just the Marlins and the Cubs? The answer to that, no. Uh, The Pirates series is on deck. Three games against the Pirates. Uh, One major pitcher for the Pirates has been shut down, as I thought they may be. Uh, And also, Jesus Lozado. We have to give some props to Jesus Lozado. Plus, Eddie Cabrera going this evening in game one. Mel Stoudemire talking about Eddie Cabrera. Sounds like... Maybe everything isn't fixed, but he's trending in the right direction. And we're going to talk about just why. Guys, three games to go. Three full games to go. Marlins magic number at three. Three games on the road against the Pittsburgh Pirates with their wildcard hopes in their own hands. We couldn't have asked for any more, guys. We literally could not have asked for any more the past couple of weeks, too. Skip Schumacher and the guys have stepped up big time. They've been dealing with everything. Sandy's down. Yuri's down. Trevor Rogers has been down for ages. Cueto's been in mop-up duty. Back into the rotation. You've got Arias. His ankle looks bust. He keeps falling down the stairs and tripping over balls. Hoy Soler keeps pulling his back. Doesn't matter. He's playing through it. Jake Berger. He's only got one quad. Doesn't matter. He's playing through it. 
boy, oh boy, the list goes on and on. Um, Josh Bell, he's only got one kneecap. Joey Wendell, I don't know, he's been on the bench for a long time. We haven't seen him. Skip Schumacher making all the right calls. Guys, if the Marlins make it this weekend and they have every opportunity to make it, they will have deserved it. And if they do get to the wildcard series, who knows what's in the tank? Because frankly, I think they're empty in the tank together. But if they make this postseason, it will be a success, irrespective of what happens in the actual series itself. However, do you remember in 2020, the Marlins actually made a wildcard series and they actually were on the road against an NL Central club and they went into that club and they swept them. So anything can happen. Anything can happen in the postseason. The Marlins are dangerous. Uh, any club's going to be dangerous. The Marlins would have earned this spot anyway, guys. But <clears throat> as a fan of this team uh, and a guy that covers this team on a daily basis, what a weekend. What a weekend of action we have to look forward to. Eddie Cabrera getting the ball in game one. I'm not sure who's getting the ball in any of the games for the Pirates. And frankly, after game one here for the Marlins, I'm not sure who's going to get the ball either. Bullpen day expected in game two. Who knows game three? And frankly, for the Marlins, this remains fluid. I think with this situation with the Mets, with this game unfinished, it means that not just for the Marlins, but all the other clubs, it just creates this uncertainty. And I think that's the biggest takeaway here. The fact that they weren't able to finish that game on the day creates this just level of uncertainty. The Phillies are looking around thinking, well, who are we playing? The Diamondbacks are thinking, are we going to make the, the postseason? Equally, which seed are we going to be in? Are we going to be facing the Brewers or the Phillies? The Cubs and Marlins are going at it. Are they? Who's going to get in? The, the Padres still have an outside chance. The Reds equally still have an outside chance. So there's so much uncertainty here because you've got this, this game sat there. And for the neutral, and I've heard from many neutrals today, many of my UK-based neutrals too, following other teams, various WhatsApp groups I'm in, the neutrals are dying for it. You know what they're dying for? They're dying for the Marlins to have to go all the way back to New York on Monday when every other game, every other team is finished other than the Mets. And they have to go all the way back, leading 2-1, two outs uh, in the ninth for the Marlins. And someone's going to have to close the game for them. Uh, it could be a one-run lead. It could be more. Who knows? But the neutral is dying for that to happen. They're dying for the Marlins to have to go over there. And frankly, the neutral is dying for the Marlins to go all the way there to New York and somehow the Mets walk off the Marlins. That's what they're looking for. I know it. I know that everyone is. And there's a lot of conspiracy theories right now saying, oh, well, you know, every, everything's against the Marlins, et cetera, et cetera. So let's kind of talk about it. How, how do we end up in this situation? The Mets, the Mets, the Mets, the Mets and their ground crew. All right, let's start there because that's where this does start. They should have played Tuesday. The game, whilst it wasn't raining, was rained out. Why was it? Because they left the tarp off the field. Steve Cohen had to come out and apologize for that. That says to me, someone messed up. They messed up badly and they impacted the Marlins there. That was that was out of order. That was the Mets' fault. Frankly, some people should say, listen, for that, for that type of error and that Steve Cohen is owning it, Steve Cohen is owning it. Should they have forfeited that game? No, well, they didn't have to. They had time to play it. They had the doubleheader, but it does impact the Marlins. That that poor, that poor work, that poor preparation from the grounds crew 
impacts the Marlins because Braxton Garrett slides slides backwards a day. That could take him out, in theory, for game 162. So they end up playing the doubleheader. That goes to plan, kind of. The Marlins lost the game they thought they were going to win and then won the game they thought they probably would lose. But anyway, they split the doubleheader. You then get into Thursday. Here's where things get frustrating, in my opinion. It was a travel day for the Marlins. They're headed to Pittsburgh. Granted, it's not a million miles away from New York, but it's still a regular scheduled game. Frankly, the Mets fans aren't showing up because, well, what's the point? The team's cooked. Team's cooked. Who cares? No one's coming to watch it anyway. But they leave it at its regular slot. You know, they're looking at the, the radar. They know rain is coming, and rain is coming heavily. So why things were frustrating yesterday. There's a couple of frustrations, but the first one is that you could look at that radar and say, think there's going to be rain later. Let's bring this one forward. It's not going to impact the fans because, hey, there aren't going to be any. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. We're not going to sell any hot dogs, any beers, no nothing at this game because no one's going to be here. And the Marlins are going to take over this field. So play it whenever. That was another error. Another error. They should have brought the game forward. They didn't. The game then gets into the ninth inning. It's raining at this point. Jazz Chisholm Jr., by the way, on a lefty. Must say, I'm going to talk about Jazz later on too, but Jazz Chisholm Jr. against a lefty blasts a game-tying double right to the wall through the, what, left-center gap. Love to see it. Then Yuli Gurriel comes in, drives Jazz Chisholm Jr. home. Marlins take the lead. 2-1 up in the ninth. Two outs. Then the game is suspended. Offer a weather delay, and they never get back on. The grounds crew comes out. There was, by all accounts, a, a small window of opportunity that maybe they could have got back out on. But fundamentally, at that point, it's raining, and it's raining heavy. And once they came off, I think the majority of people didn't expect them to get back on. So the question then is, was the mistake to actually take them off? Should they have tried to play through it at that point with just four outs remaining, 15 minutes of the game remaining? Should they have tried to play through? I think they probably should. I think in reality, if they had it again and they walked it back and maybe someone from like Major League Baseball was on the phone that have said, hey guys, um, I can see the radar. We're not getting back on. Play through it because we do not need the uncertainty of this and this wild NL uh, wildcard race that actually is really entertaining for everyone. They've added this spot. It's created this you know situation of a lot of fun, jostling for positions. What we don't really need is a load of uncertainty. Play on, try to get through it. Did see some people saying, well, what will happen if uh, Jazz Chisholm Jr. ends up sliding and, and you know, tearing his ACL in, in center field on a wet outfield? Great point. Well made. I don't actually know how to answer that. But I think at that point, considering the weather, considering the situation, considering where we're at in the season, I think they probably should have just tried to muscle through those last four outs. They didn't. They didn't. And the rules state because... The game, the Marlins have hit. They've taken the lead in an inning. Um, they have to effectively finish the game now at this point. They have to go and give the Mets an opportunity to hit in the ninth. They cannot just award the game to the Marlins. They cannot walk it back to the eighth inning. They have to finish this inning at least and give the Mets an opportunity to hit because the Marlins have taken the lead in that inning. What does that mean for baseball? It means that the game ended up being washed out, suspended yesterday. So it is now scheduled to take place. The remaining four outs that are necessary, they may not need four outs, but let's assume it does. Um, the remaining four outs uh, will happen now on Monday. What a debacle. 
What a debacle. Multiple errors by multiple people that have led to this situation. It creates drama. And listen, as a host of a daily podcast, I can tell you, I love drama. Marlon's Twitter going crazy. People listen to this. They've probably calmed down now. I should have recorded this as an emergency pod this morning. Let me just give you some insight about what happened this morning, by the way. I set my alarm early because I was up out early. I had to be out early for work. So I was like, I need to watch all of this game before I'm out. Set the alarm early, got down. It's still dark, similar to this now. And came onto the app and I was like, what the hell's going on here? Still showing on the uh, MLB TV app as post-game live show. I was thinking, what the hell? This is way too late. They can't have been playing six hours or five hours. No way. So what did I do? I went and looked at the, uh, saw, oh, Cubs-Braves. That's a final. And there's a condensed game. Watch that. Boy, oh boy, that was fun, by the way. If you didn't see what happened in that game, um, the Cubs, they botched it again. Multiple botches from the Cubs. The Cubs are falling apart, it seems. Braves find a way to win. Um, and they they sweep, they sweep the Cubs, which is huge for the fish. So I'm there thinking, what the hell has happened? Then the MLB TV app flicks to, oh, uh, stream no longer, stream not available. I was thinking, this must have just been one of those where it starts raining, then it never starts. They hang around for a few hours, and maybe they've just had to just end the game. Little did I know. I then flick it onto the MLB app and look at the scores. I'm like, oh, man, it's 2-1 but it's suspended in the ninth. Absolute scenes, absolute scenes going on here in New York. Skip Schumacher going crazy out there, Kim Ann going crazy. And they're going crazy because of the frustration, not just for that game. And it is for that game, but it's equally the frustration of how the Mets grounds crew have handled everything this, this weekend. And not just the grounds crew, but equally maybe the decisions made on the Thursday game to start it at the expected time. And also for the umpires to take them off and then there was a feeling that the Mets crew were kind of dilly-dallying. There was no urgency. And that's the difference. The Marlins in this series, they have urgency to play the games when they're scheduled. The Mets, frankly, do not. They don't care. The Mets do not care. And that's kind of the problem with baseball. Like, when teams are out of it, they really don't care. And the Mets, you could see they were playing at a pace very similar to the pace, very dissimilar, sorry, to a, a pace that the Marlins uh, mentally were at. Not to say the Mets weren't trying. They were. The Mets were absolutely trying. They were loving trying to play spoiler here. The Mets remember, seemingly. They remember years ago where the Marlins came in and gave them a dent in their wildcard hopes. So the Mets were looking to repay that favor, no doubt. And as we look ahead to this weekend, I'm kind of wondering whether the Brewers look to do the same against the Cubs. Yes, the Brewers will be resting some starters, uh, but the Brewers will be looking to spoil big time for the Cubs. Guys, it's been a long first segment, so we better get into the first ad of the day before I get shouted at by my superiors. Um, this episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Sleeper. And we need to get the graphics up as well, so let's pump those bad boys up. Um, guys, listen, we've been talking about Sleeper a long time now, but the MLB playoffs are around the corner, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is now with studs like Acuna, Betts, and Otani, plus Yuli Gurriel. Pick more or less on stats for these stars like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for up to 100 times payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right, and you could win big time. If it was me right now, I'd be taking over on Eddie Cabrera's strikeouts this evening against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Use the promo code Locked On; You'll get up to 100 bucks matched on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, guys, 
Thanks for joining me, Peter Pratt, on Friday's episode of Locked On Marlins, the final Friday of the regular season of the Marlins. Oh, they have their their own destiny in their own hands. This is glorious to see. A lot of people losing their minds about the Mets. Just want to finish up here on this Mets situation. So, in my opinion, this is truly my opinion now, I, I have a feeling that if the Marlins have clinched, so it means if they match the Cubs this weekend, whatever the Cubs do, let's say the Cubs win two, and the Marlins win two, then the Marlins have clinched, irrespective of what happens in New York. Frankly, once the Marlins have clinched, I don't think they'll be coming back to New York for this one inning and one third inning, these four outs. I don't think they will. And there'll be people saying, well, it may link to the seedings. I don't think it matters. I think maybe they'll reach an agreement to say the Marlins either win it or they'll reach an agreement to say the Marlins aren't coming and they forfeit because, frankly, it doesn't matter. Or they just leave it as is, and it's a 161, and they take winning percentage, and they'll they'll do that instead. Either way, I don't think the Marlins are going back, unless it matters. If it does matter, and the Marlins need the win to be in, like I said earlier in the show, and that is what a lot of neutrals are looking for. They are looking for the Marlins to need to win that, and frankly, they're looking for them not to. For the drama, clearly, I and we, as the Marlins fans, are clearly looking for them to win. A lot of people are commenting as well, which I think is fair. If the Marlins need that, then that's a bit of a disappointment of this weekend. However, you can't rule out the Cubs getting hot and sweeping the Brewers, particularly against maybe some of their lesser starters. But sweeping ain't easy. It definitely ain't easy. The Cubs right now, they're going to be feeling the nerves. They're playing with nerves. I've just watched the games against the Braves, and they're playing with nerves. They're making mistakes in the outfield. They've made multiple mistakes in the outfield against the Braves. Um, So... The Marlins, if they match what the Cubs do or better, clearly, then they are in. And I don't think if that happens that they will be playing in New York. And I, there'll be maybe permutations as to how how that looks. But fundamentally, I think they will either just say it's 161 and that's it. The Mets win because they were winning. Well, the Marlins don't want to go back. Or they just say, do you know what? We'll just award it to the Marlins because they were winning and it rained, etc. I don't know. And frankly, it won't really matter. Some people saying, what about the seedings? Let's just talk about that a second. So there's things that are known. The only unknown elements here are who is going to be the five seed and who is going to be the six seed. The Phillies have already locked in the four seed. The Brewers have already locked in the three. The Dodgers have locked in the two and the Bravos the one. So what does that mean? Well, it's it means that the six seed will play the three. The five seed will play the four. So, the re- and then the interesting bit here too is whoever the winners of the three and the six are go on to face the two-seed Dodgers. When I look at this pathway and the clubs involved, I have to be honest that if, if I was making a choice, if I was given a choice to say, do you want the five or six? I think the six looks more enticing than the five personally. Why? Because you avoid the Phillies. We've seen what the Phillies can do. And the Phillies have been hot for a while now. It's kind of been under the radar with the Phils because they're not really pushing for the division. But the Phils have been hot. And they've been kind of propelled forwards by as soon as they got Trey Turner going. So have the Phils. So the Phils on the road, it's a tough ask. However, they wouldn't want to face the Marlins. I know that. They feel like the Marlins have kind of got their number. So I completely get that too. However, if you beat the Phils, let's say the Marlins get the five seed. You beat the Phils, and you then have to face the Bravos. 
And frankly, I don't want to face the Bravos at all for as long as I can. So with that being said, the Brewers into the Dodgers, to me, sounds like a much better opportunity for the Marlins to make it further into the postseason. I know you've got to beat everyone, in theory, to get there. And you're probably going to have to meet the Braves along the way. But I think the longer it goes on, in some ways, the better it is for the Marlins. Like, a lot of the offensive guys are fully dinged up at this point. If they could kind of piece it together versus the the Brewers, maybe, piece it together against the Dodgers, it's going to be tough. But listen, the Braves, in my opinion, are a class way above the Dodgers. Uh, and it's driven by, there's a lot of injuries the Dodgers are facing too. So this is where it comes down to what is the more appealing situation. Now, let's not forget the Diamondbacks are playing three games against the Houston Astros to finish this year too. It is not out of the equation that the uh, Diamondbacks get swept by the Astros. The Astros need these games as much as anyone, and they will be going full guns. You've seen they have just had a really spicy series with the Mariners. So the Diamondbacks have got a real tough uh, ask or uh, you know a, a tough assignment on their hands. The Marlins on the road in Pittsburgh against a team that's already cooked. Interesting. I feel like they've got the softest draw in many ways. That will probably come back to haunt me as just saying this live, but... On paper, the Marlins have the softest draw of all of these teams, in my opinion. The Cubs facing the interdivision situation against the team that's won the division. And in some ways, you would look at that and think, "Mm, the Cubs have a really good opportunity to at least win the series, which I think is true. The Brewers, in my opinion, will be revved up, revved, revved up to look to knock the Cubs out. No doubt about it. There's definitely some bad blood there. Naturally, as division rivals, there will be. Let's do the final ad, and then let's look ahead a little bit more to the Pirates series. Also, Lozado start, Guriel, Eddie Cabrera, tons to get into. I don't know how I'm going to pack this into 30 minutes. There's so much going on, so much going on, but it is so much fun, guys. And as I've coined, I feel alive. Guys, this episode is also brought to you by DoorDash. Yes, sir. If you're missing the syrup for your pancakes or just run out of your favorite coffee creamer. With DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you can get what you want right when you need it. Love the convenience of getting what you want right to your door. And DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you can stock up for the week or order last-minute cravings conveniently. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. Want even more value? You can save on all your grocery and restaurants favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. Yes, sir. So get 50% off your first DoorDash order, up to $25 value, when you use the code LOCKDOWNMLB at checkout. Limited time only. Terms do apply. That's 50% off, up to 20 bucks, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDONMLB. Reminder on that code is LOCKEDONMLB for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. All right, guys, final segment on the final Friday of the regular season in 2023. And boy, oh boy, what a season it has been. I have been convinced, and everyone listening to this show will know, I have been convinced for many weeks now that the Marlins are going to make this postseason because, frankly, they've just had every bounce of the ball that's going. It feels like it's just meant to be that the Marlins are getting in, and I think they're going to do it. 
It's going to be huge. The first time in 20 years that the Marlins make the postseason in a 162 regular season. We have to look back at yesterday's game and we have to congratulate Jesus Lozado on 200 strikeouts for the season. Equally, we have to congratulate Jesus Lozado on stepping up like an absolute king in that game. The Marlins bullpen has been severely tested, severely tested. The rotation, severely tested. It's probably the biggest start in Lozado's career. In some ways, particularly for the Marlins, it definitely is. On the road, feeling like a must-win game. I've said that so many times this year. But Lozado, to go into the eighth inning, double-digit Ks, huge, absolutely huge for the Marlins. And when we look ahead now to potential wildcard series, we know who's going to be getting the ball in game one. It's going to be Jesus Lozado. No doubt about it. And frankly, I trust Lozado. I trust him. He has been, he's looked like the ace for some time. And that's not to say, like, the thing is, Sandy had a bit of a step back this year. He had a slow start and he definitely kind of came into it as it went on. They also felt, you know, they felt, you know, they were missing Pablo, though. Is that, I haven't really said that very well, but they felt the void of Pablo Lopez, but they felt the benefit of Luis Arias. A lot of talk about that. Who would you have? Who would you have? doesn't matter. They don't have Pablo anymore. Um, and they have Arias, and both of them have been sensational. Pablo's had a stunning year. Absolutely stunning. But Pablo moved. Jesus Lozado was asked to step up. And he has truly stepped up and delivered this year. Career highs in everything. He's going to be your game one starter for the Marlins if they make the postseason, when they make the postseason. Game one starter, likely against the Milwaukee Brewers. That should be stunning. Eddie Cabrera gets the ball this evening. Let's just think about that for a second. Eddie Cabrera, let's play this then forward. If the Marlins, when the Marlins make the postseason, game two, which could be, you know, it could be a, well, a series decider. It is a series decider. If if they could be a sweep on the cards. Um, hold on, what's going on here? Okay, I found this on the web. Oh boy, Siri's trying to Siri's trying to do all sorts here. Anyway, what's going Here's on? What I found. <laughs> Pardon the interruption here. Um, Eddie Cabrera. He will be. Let's play this. Let's play this forward. He will be going in game two, and it will be a potential sweep or to keep the Marlins in it. One or the other. It's going to be one or the other. And it's a huge, you know, a huge bounce back here from where Eddie Cabrera was just a few months ago, where option to AAA, clearly had the stuff, just no command, command issues. He's come back up. The command issues have seemingly improved. The stuff remains. And Eddie Cabrera is going to play a vital role in the Marlins weekend tonight. Also, into the postseason, likely getting the ball in game two. Of course, there'll be quick hooks in that situation. Skip will be ultra-managing the, the rotation, the starters. And so if Eddie runs into any trouble, I think that's probably the same for tonight, but if Eddie runs into any trouble, it will be the ultra-quick hook. But Mel Stoudemire Jr. talking to, I don't know who, from Fish on First, but they put an article out there, or an excerpt of a, an article, talking about how Mel's been working with Eddie. and. Whilst he, he's calling out that it hasn't been fully fixed, he's not fully, fully fixed, but what they've really focused on is his breathing. Just breathe, Eddie. Breathe and remove the anxiety. This is locked on Marlins. <laughs> it's what it's come down to. 
fix the breathing, remove the tension, repeatable motion. We're seeing the results. It's been great to see Eddie Cabrera stepped up when the Marlins needed. And that's just been it for the Marlins, right? Guys have continued to step up when needed. Eddie Cabrera has been the same. Johnny Cueto we saw earlier this week against the Mets. Back into the rotation, Johnny Cueto. And he was looking, he was vintage Johnny Cueto. Gave up a couple of solo shots. Apart from that, it was fine. You know, vintage Johnny, but he does what's asked of him. Yuli Gurriel last night, big knock, huge knock. In many ways, one of the biggest knocks of his career. Could be the biggest knock of his Marlins career. I do recall, though, uh, a recent, ooh, I want to say it was a two-run, it could have been a three-run blast against the Bravos when they came back after that sluggish start to the game and they came back and blew up the Braves. Um, also, that felt like a huge knock at the time as well. Frankly, this one equally really important. As I've already mentioned, Jackson Jr., big, huge knock, RBI, game-tying RBI against a lefty. That's huge. And Jazz against lefties, if he can piece this together, then boy, oh boy, that is the final piece of the puzzle for Jazz. He can blast righties. If he can blast lefties and play the defense, then boy, oh boy, and stay healthy, then you have a nine-war player on your hands and an MVP candidate in Jackson Jr. heading into 2024, baby. Guys, thank you. I want to call it out right now. Thank you for joining me day in, day out, week in, week out through 162. This is the final Friday of the regular season, and it has been an absolute pleasure to do this podcast for you guys. And I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope we continue with it through into the postseason, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But I just want to take a brief couple of seconds to thank everyone for tuning in, everyone for engaging, all of the stunning guests that we've had all through the year. And what a job they've done. Particularly want to shout out the wingman, the UK GOAT, Sean Barrett, who's been on this show at least weekly, if not more than that, what feels like he is. And uh, he's an absolute stud, and I love speaking speaking to him every week and talking ball. It's been a huge pleasure to do that. Guys, that's been Locked on Marlins for Friday the 29th. The Marlins have three full games to play, all on the road in Pittsburgh. If they match what the Cubs do this weekend, they are in and will make the four outs unnecessary in New York. We'll wait to see how they handle that. We'll look forward to seeing you soon.